Max stood and watched as the Forest Service helicopter lifted once more into the sky, leaving her in the clearing that surrounded the station. She looked at her Walkman, the only personal possessions she'd brought besides her light hiking clothes and a small knife she kept in her jacket pocket. Max sighed, knowing she'd get maybe two days' worth of music out of the month's shift she'd signed on for. She looked up at the tower itself. She'd run six-hour, twelve-hour, even weekend shifts before, but those were all local operations with ramshackle wooden towers that stood maybe 30 or 40 feet tall. In this lookout, the Gallo County Fire Watchtower was easily 80 feet tall, if not taller, with a steel frame and a spiral staircase that wrapped itself around to the station's surveying room. Despite the month away from other people potentially being a bit taxing, she wasn't worried. She met a few people that had done this type of job back at the local Forest Service office. It paid well. It was a good excuse to take a vacation, provided there weren't any real emergencies. Shouldn't be too much of a problem with a whole bunch of fires. It's probably why the shift was vacant for the last three months, considering no one else had any sort of good explanation. She muttered to herself as she began to climb the steps of the tower, dragging the food crate behind her as it knocked on each metallic stair. Wow. She said aloud, gasping at the colossal beauty of the forest in midday. Halfway up the spiral, the view was already staggering. On one side, nearby forests still blocked much of the panorama, but looking around towards the lower elevations, she could see nothing but a veritable sea of dark green, punctured only by deep veins of rivers and cliffs in the distance. Though she couldn't help but feel a twinge of fear at the prospect of spending nights in such a secluded and untamed place. Max continued upwards finding her way towards the metal door of her temporary home, slightly rusted with moderately chipped white paint creating a worn patchwork. She turned the knob and stepped inside, creaking the heavy door behind her. She'd been in places like this a few times, so she searched for her supply box, quickly finding a lidded cardboard container that housed batteries, a roll of duct tape, an extra blanket to throw on top of the white bedsheets of the twin cot behind her, and an empty canteen. She thought it was strange they didn't give her a flashlight, so she continued to search, finally, with some effort, finding a green one with a rubber grip and the metal desk from across the way. Interestingly, it didn't seem to have any slot for batteries or a way to unscrew the cap. Probably solar-powered. To her confusion, the drawer was rusted shut and took a surprising amount of effort to pry open. Regardless, she had a flashlight. Score, she said to herself. I can use those extra batteries for the Walkman. She had brought Siamese Dream on tape the previous week in anticipation of the boredom she'd experience while looking for smoke for hours on end. She clicked the flashlight on absentmindedly, quickly realizing that it was pretty powerful compared to the cheap bulbs she'd expected. It seemed to significantly light up the room, even with the windows that spilled daylight in from every side. Damn, she thought. Maybe nights won't be so bad after all. She spent the next few hours milling about, spinning in her desk chair, doodling on the stack of paper that sat dusty on the table, and occasionally looking out over the sunset and verdant horizon for any signs of smoke, to which she found none. She fiddled with her handheld radio and attempted to confirm her arrival. Hey, this is Max. I'm at the tower. Everything seems to be in good shape. 
Gonna turn in for the night pretty soon. Anyone copy? Over. She said into the small black transistor radio she'd be given to call in fires. Soon she got a response. Hey Max, it's Jesse from the Gallo County Station. The radio squawked out as it buzzed to life. Good to hear things are solid over there. Check back if anything happens. Out. She set down the radio. Guess this Jesse guy doesn't want to do much talking. Max decided this was a good opportunity to turn in early, and promptly ended her first day at the tower. The next few days went on much the same. Wake up, eat the dried food they dropped her with, take a walk around the forest, and spend the bulk of the time bored inside the station, occasionally listening to the music she'd brought with her. But on the fourth night, she decided to shake up the routine a little bit and do a night walk. The forest was unfamiliar when she'd arrived, but she felt that she'd explored most of it within a few miles of the tower, and with a flashlight this good she figured there was no possibility of losing the footpath she'd roughly made for herself. Setting out into the August night with the flashlight in hand, but still turned off to enjoy the beauty of the evening, she hurriedly climbed down the steps into the central clearing, and decided to go west along the small stream that crossed through her portion of the woods. The forest was beautiful at dusk, with every beam of moonlight causing glimmers of dew to sparkle, though not more than an hour or so into her hike. She heard something that set her on edge. Some wild animal. Large sounding. Quickly she dropped to the ground, moving into the low stream to help mask her scent, a noticeable factor considering the lack of soap or running water she had to bathe with. Max peered over to the source of the noise, hoping it was just some small scavenger. She wasn't that lucky. The animal seemed large, tall, and gangly, but she could really only see its legs, and even those were hard to make out in the darkness. It resembled a bear with mange, mostly hairless with grey-brown skin, standing on four skinny legs. Its head was faced away from her, ravenously eating the corpse of a deer. Holy fuck, what is that? Her mind screamed, as she took as much effort to stay calm as possible. She'd had minor encounters with wolves, coyotes, and mountain lions before, but this disease-looking animal was big. Likely eight feet tall on its hind legs, and her same height at the highest arch of its hunched back, like a grizzly. Slowly she crawled away, attempting to keep eyes on the beast as she inched down the trail. But as she moved her body down onto the ground, the call button of her radio depressed, sending a small click and low static into the air for just a single deadly second. The creature's head whipped around, invisible except for the two beady yellow eyes that looked towards her sound. She knew that it could see her. It stared for just a moment, Assessing her, seeing her vulnerable position, confirming a kill. In an instant, the animal snarled and leapt over a log in the path, and not knowing what else to do, she flicked on the flashlight, pointing it straight at the lumbering mass that held intent to kill her. The beam cut through the night like a laser, momentarily blinding her from the sheer contrast. She could hear the beast scream and howl that it too was made blind and she could smell the hairs on its arms singe under the intense ray of light. It fell to the ground, soon scrambling backwards and galloping the other direction. As Max's eyes adjusted, she saw the creature's body for just a moment, confirming every impression she had of its horrible form and shambling gait. Yeah, that's right, fucker! She said, still holding the beam up, trembling with adrenaline, fear, and false confidence. Despite her triumph, she knew that she was not safe in these woods anymore and didn't halt her run until she made it back to the clearing. 
Upon reaching the safety of the station's lookout, Max immediately began to panic. What was that thing? Why did it attack her? Why did it run? She felt the green object in her hand and had a sudden realization. The fucking flashlight. She creaked open the metal door once more and pointed the device into the tree line. Upon clicking it, the beam shone like a searchlight, illuminating a circular piece of the forest's edge as if it were midday and raising the air around her by ten degrees. It's... it's getting brighter and hotter. She tentatively clicked it off and dropped it to the ground. She began to pace around the room and the lingering confusion and fear made her sick to her stomach. She had even more questions now. What was this thing? It couldn't be real. Ever-growing beam, no batteries, and, come to think of it, no solar charger anywhere. Whatever it was and however it worked, she knew two things. That... that thing was sensitive to bright light. And she would have died without this strange object. She thought for a while about how to explain what happened and made an emergency call into the station. Even though it was past midnight, Jesse picked up quickly. Hey, Max. He seemed tired over the radio. What's the sitch? We got a burn? No, Jesse. Um, I had a run-in with a wild animal. I, I got attacked. Uh, it, it might have mange or something, she said, near exasperated. You hurt? He replied, a bit of concern entering his tone. Well, uh, no. Um, it ran off when I shined my flash at it. She'd wondered how much to tell him about what happened, and intentionally left out the part where she had a magic flashlight. Well, it sounds like there's no issue then. Get some sleep, Max. Jesse, come on! I need someone out here, it's not safe! I said sleep, Max. It's fire lookout, not bear in the woods lookout. If you can't handle the work, just stay in the tower and we'll switch you out early. You get a week shift. Someone else will sub in. Good night. She threw the radio down in the bed. Fuck, she said. Three more days out here with that thing. Most of the witching hours were spent watching from over the railing that surrounded the top platform of the tower, just dreading the moment when the beast would walk out of the tree line and get its revenge. That thing wasn't just a scared animal, she could feel it. It wouldn't stop until it had her in the same position as that deer. As day came, she awoke to the beauty of the forest. Despite her desire to leave, she lingered for just a moment to look upon it. The whole reason she was here was to ensure that it was safe, that the fires that could destroy hundreds of acres of forest were noticed in time to be managed. That's what every shift at a fire lookout tower was meant for. She had a sudden thought and a lump formed in her throat. Shit! She exclaimed. The next shift! In just a few days, someone else would replace her for a month-long stay, and they'd have no idea what was waiting for them. And just like Jessie, they wouldn't believe her if she told them. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Max breathed, a wave of nausea coming over her in an instant. She fought the urge to just lay back down in bed in despair as she slowly came to realize what was necessary of her. She had to kill it. Max spent the morning walking around the clearing, considering and reconsidering the possibility, every hour trying to convince herself that it wasn't necessary, but ultimately coming short of any reason to resign whoever replaced her to their fate. She thought that perhaps had been scared off for good, or that the previous Forest Service hadn't had any issue. 
but she recalled that this position had been vacant for months. This was a new problem. She couldn't live with herself. She saved her own skin at the expense of someone else. So it came time to plan. Max had little conventional defense besides the dinky pocket knife, but she did possess the flashlight. The big man killed it before, but if it were stronger, she might just have a chance. Max grabbed the green handle and pointed it at the ground, her arm extended down to keep the range small. She flicked it on. In an instant, the cone of light came down into the grass, once more surprisingly bright and hot, and exponentially more so than her encounter the previous night. For good measure, she deactivated and reactivated it once more, burning a one-foot-wide hole in the grass. She promptly clicked the button to turn it off and stamped the flames out, reassured in her plans. With Herculean confidence, she continued crafting her trap, playing her Walkman once more to keep her mind off the fear. She'd gather a small bag of the dried food and lay in wait until night, in the same spot she'd encountered the beast. Then, as it wolfed down the spoils, she'd attack with the flashlight. A simple plan, she convinced herself. She looked towards the tree line, her music feeling ominously appropriate. The moon is out, the stars invite, I think I'll leave tonight. The song whispered out over the instrumental. She made her hike to the waiting place and lied down next to the creeping stream. But as darkness came, Max's confidence began to waver. What if it, what if it comes up behind me, or, or sniffs me out and ignores the bag? She thought to herself, the facade of self-assuredness crumbling once more. It doesn't matter now, she mumbled in response. That fucker's gonna be nearby any minute. She was right. Within a half hour, the creature appeared from the woods and stalked its way to the food across from her, as Max struggled to hold in a gasp. It bent over a moment, inspecting the offering she'd given. She could see it clearly now both the body and its ugly visage on full display in the soft moonlight that pushed its way through the trees. The beast was gaunt, looking deathly slim and freakishly tall. Its eyes still glowed that piercing yellow, a color that seemed to extend in a muted way to its skin. The creature was diseased, but it was no bear. Its face wrinkled like a bat's, hairless with a flat nose and protruding ears. With the swipe of a long claw, it sliced the bag open cleanly and began to feast on the dried meats and fruits that she'd prepared. This was her moment, and she rose up from her hiding place to attack. But the monster heard her move away from the bag before Max could think, and with the press of a button she destroyed the sack, a beam of condensed sun ripping through it like a knife and burning the remains. Quickly she clicked it again, shutting it off. The monster stumbled for a moment, but regained its footing and made a lunge towards her. Just as fast as Max could react, she shone the light once more, but yet again failed to hit the beast, this time colliding with the tree, disintegrating a large chunk and charring the rest. She turned it off, not wanting to bring the elder wood down on top of her. Now, having missed the creature twice and with its long body skulking back towards her, tears of abject, paralyzing terror began to stream down her face. The monster's shriveled body hummed in a low growl. It was getting closer and rising up on all fours. The beast revealed a frame that stood nine foot tall at the shoulder, nearly doubling her, as it made one last leap, its mouth open and full of jagged teeth. With one move, she pulled her arms forward and activated the flashlight one last time, pointing towards the torso of this unnatural being. It made a decisive click 
and threw a ray so powerful that it obliterated the monster from skin to flesh to bone, destroying it in less time than she could process. The beam ripped forward, blinding her from the sheer magnitude of its light and punching a hole of flame deep into the forest. She stumbled around for a moment, no doubt swinging her blade deep into the surrounding wood. All around her. It was all she could do to deactivate the weapon before fainting, falling to the ground in a thud. Aw oh, shit, we gotta burn at the Gala Lookout, this one's bad. An older man in heavy canvas gear says as he runs into the radio office at Gallo County Forest Service Headquarters. Jesse looks up from his coffee in surprise. His face is weathered and sun-faded, and his natural smirk sours into a concerned frown. Damn it, Ed, who called it in? I didn't get anything from the lookout, Jesse says with visible worry. No one, Jesse. We caught it on satellite. It's big, Ed says with a serious look. Was someone stationed there?